0: Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode.
1: I want to get into where you and I went today, Bonnie, along with, I would say, according to Chris Wade, who counted over 40 people uh, who attended what was essentially the kind of the sentencing hearing. I mean, it's a it's a civil case. So it's library, uh, the the cryptocurrency corporation That has created the library protocol, the token, the The whole platform that allows
2: you to share media content and just all sorts of content online for free in a torrented, decentralized way. It's a gift to humanity.
1: Yeah, it's been a really uh, great piece of software uh the protocol is the library media sharing protocol and as you said it allows you to share media including video including audio including pdf files including pretty much anything i think that you want to upload yeah and uh, it's to immune
2: it. to censorship that that's its biggest Correct. feature it's not just resistant to censorship in the way that like gap or parlor or whatever is it's completely immune you have to take out the entire library network if you want to censor something from library and-
3: yeah i I use Odyssey, which is uh, the library it uses the library pro- protocol. I think is the way that they like to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I watch David Icke videos on there all the time that you can't get on YouTube or even when you just Google them.
1: Yeah, yeah. There is a lot of stuff you can find on Odyssey that you can't find anywhere else. Uh, but Odyssey is a separate kind of animal to some extent, and that came up in the hearing today. I want to get right. into that uh, because that was really like a, a, an important part of this hearing today. But the hearing today. Was uh, I I use the term sentencing, but it's that's not exactly the right term. Sentencing happens at a criminal trial. This is the the, punishment
2: phase, right?
1: This is the civil equivalent of it. It is uh, what they call the settlement.
2: Settlement, which is
1: sort of a dis settlement's got a kind of a misleading connotation to it when you settle a case generally it's something you do before a verdict happens right like a and settlement. it's generally
2: by agreement right Right.
1: yeah settlement is usually like okay the parties agree to settle prior to going to actually having to spend the money to go to trial it saves money on both sides because you don't have to pay the attorneys to go through a whole
2: trial so they've been through the trial that happened well sort of right it- they The judge opted to not give them a trial, if That's I recall correct. correctly. And he was like, nope, uh, you're guilty. I'm going to declare that you're guilty.
1: Yeah, it was some sort of declarative judgment or something like that. I'm not sure what the exact terminology was. but
2: Which means that they did not, in fact, get to exercise their right to a trial. They were, in right. fact, denied their right to a trial.
1: Well, the statement was, and I forget who told me this after the, the hearing today, but somebody said the reason why there was no trial was because both sides agreed on the facts and a jury would be a group of people that has to judge facts, not the law. And so since both sides agreed to the facts of the case, it was only a question of law. And so therefore it would not have made any sense to go to a jury trial because they don't get to judge the law. And I mean, so- that's
2: true if you set up a, a monopoly game where the bankers are ultimately the ones who set all the rules and to determine what is and isn't against the rules, which is what we have here. Jury nullification yes. would be an important aspect of this. Mm. But if you go yeah. into it assuming that the jury cannot say, uh, no, library did nothing wrong, uh, case dismissed, then you, I mean, you, you just start from square one where they're already guilty.
1: The judge in this particular case, uh, you know, is obviously not a good person because he ruled against library. Who right? was the judge? Uh, Barbadoro is his name. He's okay. the same guy that put uh, Chris Cantwell in prison for no reason. Yep. So this guy, you know, made himself look like he was being really fair today. He. What's a
3: bureaucrat laughing? Which is my least favorite thing on earth.
2: What about yeah. bureaucrat laughing? I didn't catch that.
3: There was just lots of bureaucrat laughing today. Like, he'd be like, oh, well, I see the blah, 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 this technical. Ha, 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 ha. And then, like, the crowd would laugh with him, and I was not laughing. It's like, well, you don't laugh with a stupid bureaucrat that's ruining someone's life and having fun doing it.
2: Yeah, yeah. ruining someone's life is exactly right. I'm sure, I'm sure Jeremy Kaufman, the CEO of Library, I believe, will, will be fine. I mean, his life won't be ruined, but they are destroying... The, his business is not going to be fine. No, they, they're destroying the thing that he created. That's right. And that's... That's devastating. Whether he survives and recovers or not, he looked really sad today.
3: I felt bad for him. Also, he like turned completely red at one point. He was like really upset about something that was going on, something that the SEC was lying about his business. So he went up to his lawyers and was like, you know, trying to explain this to them. And he was like, oh, he looked so mad. I felt really bad
2: for him. I'm sorry to hear it. Yeah. Uh.
1: So the hearing today was what they called the settlement uh, phase or the penalty phase or whatever. And so in this case, they had uh, three things that they needed to go through. One was the SEC was requesting an injunction. And this was a big chunk of the day today. It was, And it was about a, almost a two-hour long hearing. The SEC wants to enjoin or have an injunction issued against not just library, which, of course, as the judge pointed out, is no longer going to exist. The company, library, the software, library is open source. There's no way to stop it. The blockchain exists all around the planet, so like that's not going away.
2: Now it needs a DAO though, in order su- to survive, I would imagine. Yeah,
1: and I didn't have a chance to ask Jeremy about about you know what the potential future would be, and and may, he may not want to talk about it quite yet. And I think
3: that they're going to tell him he can't do anything like that, right?
1: I don't know if he personally would be prohibited from continuing to work on the software. It's just library as a company can no longer exist. And library as a company is going to get be subject to what is called a disgorgement, which horrible word I believe I just today. means we're going to pull from you all that we possibly can. Whatever life possibly li- lives in this company will be disgorged into the government. Now, there's not much left because library, as was pointed out in their uh, one of their court filings recently, is bankrupt they have uh they have no money left they have uh well, no they didn't employees file b-
3: bankruptcy yet
2: no they haven't but yet they but said they said they're
3: quote unquote broke
2: yeah. well you only file bankruptcy if you have debtors and debts that you cannot pay right yes you, you don't file it just because you're broke That's and as true. i understand it with library the only debtor they had that they may not be able to pay is would odyssey. be the u.s government
1: oh or odyssey because they loaned money to odyssey when odyssey got started now, of course, there's no chance they're going to pay that back to Odyssey, and Odyssey itself is Wait, also. Wait, Odyssey
3: loaned money to them?
1: No, Library owned money to uh, loan loaned money to Odyssey.
2: So, in theory, Odyssey may or may not be required to pay that back. I, I don't know, and it's it's up to I mean Jeremy Kaufman or the CEO or whatever it is at Library could probably say, "Look, we we forgive that debt. You don't yeah. owe that to us, right?"
1: Uh, Now, what is that going to mean for the federal government? I don't know. There's still...
3: I I was going to say, I think the SEC was trying to argue today. I don't know for sure, but I think they were trying to argue that that would be ill-gotten funds.
2: If someone is going to make a decision about whether or not library credits are securities, I want that person to be an expert in cryptocurrency and securities.
3: Well... The judge in your case, Ian, I don't know why you would say it has nothing to do with blockchain, considering before we went into trial, the judge had to decide if Bitcoin is funds. And he just out of hand was like, yeah, it's funds. Uh, Blockchain uh, is the third party. Duh. I'm pretty sure I'm not. I'm not that old.
1: Hmm. yeah i mean i'm not saying that he didn't have any decisions to make about blockchain but a lot of the allegations in the crypto six case weren't related specifically to how blockchain works with the exception of money transmitter after uh, he
3: decided
2: bitcoin is funds well after he didn't that, decide he that copied
1: he, another judge's opinion right. on that
2: one well he, there's lots of legal and i hate it i disagree but there's tons of legal precedents saying well bitcoin is my this is why anessa made me so angry because she was like look all of these people say this yeah and yeah ultimately she's right but like all of these judges are wrong of course is
1: the right. point all of them have been wrong about this and judges just say what other judges have said as citation for why they can say what they're saying so if other judges were wrong and the current judge says the same thing then he's backed he literally up by the said other it's judges. his
3: opinion though he was like it's fun to- that's
1: by definition i mean everything in law is an opinion
3: he said it's his opinion
1: well, correct that's uh that's his he is the court And it is the court's opinion that Bitcoin is funds. The court is incorrect about that opinion, but that's what they believe. Well, I I certainly argue... If we get a chance to to somehow argue that in the appeal, then hopefully we'll be able to do that.
2: I would certainly agree. I don't believe that Bitcoin is funds. I understand the judge believes it is and other judges believe it is. I just, I disagree, right? Right. But ultimately, as, as we learned and as we knew going into it... The judge is the one who gets to make that decision. It's not, it's not Arya's decision to mm-hmm. make whether or not Bitcoin is money. And I'm, I don't feel like I'm any more qualified to make that decision than anyone else. However, I do know quite a bit about cryptocurrency and I've learned a lot about economics and just money in general and all of these things together. I don't believe Bitcoin qualifies as money.
3: How about just the fact that there's not a, Breaking law about it. Like there's no law about nope, Bitcoin sure being a fund. It's just something just some judges judge. have decided and yep. judges aren't supposed to make laws.
1: Well, there is now.
2: It was amended to nope. the existing law Still in talk 2021. About
1: nope. Still doesn't talk about uh,
2: it. My attorney said it did. Yeah, uh, that's one way to interpret it, but okay. yeah, uh, let's see. It comes right back to interpretation then, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah.
1: No, the terminology, if I recall correctly, that they added was um,
2: it gets all really complicated, anyway. It's not,
1: they don't use the term virtual currency. They don't use the term cryptocurrency. It's like
2: digital assets, sub-
1: substitution for a currency or something like that. Mm-hmm. And so the you know
2: substitution not- of value. I, I think I, yeah.
3: That's no, so stupid. I've never been like here's my. I've never even thought of cryptocurrency like that. This is just my substitution for a dollar. No, I'm giving you cryptocurrency, and you're giving me something else. You could make
1: the argument that a stablecoin would fit that particular definition, as it literally is pretending to be the thing well, it's well, supposedly backed by. Well, if that's money, by. then
2: if that's money, then a check is money. If I write money a check for a hundred dollars, that check is therefore money. Oh because yeah, because subs-
1: that would fit the definition. But it's not money. After today's hearing, they have to decide the so-called disgorgement, which is, as I understand it, the word I'd never heard before. But as I understand it, that's like them reaching in and pulling out whatever they possibly can. Even Which is though- so
3: weird because it's like there was three points they were going to talk about today. One was the enjoin, enjoin, injunction, injunction, sorry. And the second one was disgorgement. Then the third one was penalty. So they're going to disgorge them and then penalize, and penalize them. them. And the judge even was like, how are we going to get blood from a stone? And Correct. the SEC kind of talked him down from that. He was like, oh, yeah, it's probably going to be about $50,000.
1: Yeah, so the so that would have been for the penalty phase. The judge said he is inclined to give what is considered a tier one penalty. So I guess this is some sort of SEC case or whatever resolving tier okay. uh so there's tier one is the lowest tier. But so SEC he said, was
3: asking for like tier three. tier two
1: tier th- tier three yeah whatever those would be I don't know what those mean okay but, but the, the, the
2: prosecutors always ask yeah. for more the right. judge
1: did say he was thinking of around th- uh, fifty thousand dollars for a tier one penalty now if that's all that it was library might actually be able to survive this thing
2: yeah but they don't do they have fifty thousand no, dollars they don't but they could probably raise it
1: they probably could but that's not all this is going to be. They're going to probably hit them for, uh, you know, $14 million in so-called disgorgement or whatever. Good I love. mean, they also
3: have another, uh, however long it takes them to, we didn't get into it yet, so sorry, I'm kind of skipping ahead, but uh, they're going to ha- force them to do more discovery, so more interviews with their employees, more looking into their... Uh, accounting and stuff like that and that's going to cost them more time with their lawyers right. so it's going to be more than fifty thousand dollars no matter what
1: oh yeah right so like they've already spent hundreds of thousands if not millions on attorney's fees and things like that in this case so they're they're done the, the company is is done they haven't paid their employees since december 2nd i believe was was testified to uh in court today and there was a document that was filed to that extent in fact library's attorney said at the end of the day today is like well look judge you know even if you Uh, order this discovery that he's considering ordering them to jump through. Because basically the government wants to know more about what they spent money on. So they said, well, if you spent money on paying something to Jeremy Kaufman... And he wasn't supposed to get paid
2: or whatever. Like, if you were going to... That's know, not the government. That's Library and its shareholders. I don't think it's a public company, but that's Library and its employees' business. No, no. Everything is the
1: SEC's business right now. Well, they certainly they would need like to, to find so. Every dime that the... Uh, they need to account for every dime or every Satoshi uh, that Library has moved through in the last couple of years. They need and, to
2: disgorge them.
1: And so they can disgorge it. But that's so absolutely
2: insane. That's what
1: they want to do. At though. this
2: company that I work for, You know, my, my primary job, it's not the government's business if the company goes, all right, let's give Aria a $5,000 bonus. That's never happened, but if they do... If they're being sued by the government, it is their business. Well, no, the government will claim it's their business. I mean, you and
1: I don't think that they it should be their business. We right, don't think a the government company... should exist. But they're not private. They're a corporation, and they're being sued. And so the SEC has now won the lawsuit. And part of winning this lawsuit is this quote unquote disgorgement, which is to say that any money that has been improperly paid out in a way that let's say like they wouldn't just cut a check to Jeremy, right? The, right. the theory is that the company would buy a thing and Jeremy would somehow get access to the thing and then could sell the thing to make money. I think right? the word like, they so- use
3: was funnel. Like they want to make sure it's not funneled right. to any uh top- dogs so that's their
1: excuse for demanding more discovery remember they've already gone through discovery they've gone through that's part of the early stages of a civil trial when you uh when you get into a civil trial there's like interrogatories we have to sit down and answer questions there's discovery where one side asks for the others to provide all the emails and provide all the documents and provide jump through all these ridiculous hoops uh we don't usually have to deal with that in a uh, criminal case but there's a there's reams of this stuff in, oh, in a I can case. only imagine. Yeah. I'm so not... now, at the end, right when they thought this was the end of the trial, they thought uh, Jeremy Kaufman was advertising this as the final hearing. Nope. Now there's another one on Monday. Uh, but uh, this was supposed to be this maybe the final in-person hearing.
3: Going to be Zoom.
1: But but you know it's still going. They figured they were going to get some sort of a, a uh, determination today, but no. The judge still needs to make further determinations. He needs to he needs to order this discovery, maybe. And then he's going to look at the discovery and determine what the disgorgement can be. And then whether or not there's going to be a tier one penalty. And whether or not he's going to write an injunction. And who that injunction could possibly enjoin. So all of this stuff is still up in the air. I don't believe in this security nonsense to me. It's like I don't see how selling a token even with a promise attached to it could be considered a investment contract, right? Like a contract to me sounds like you are presenting me something. You're presenting me like an actual agreement. And you're saying that in return for this amount of money, we're going to give you these tokens, and we're going to see that they increase in value, or we will try our best to increase. Well, that in value. is a
2: that is a contractual agreement. You give me X, and in return, I will give you Y. Yeah, but the, but I think
1: that's that's what I'm describing as a contractual agreement. But if it's just somebody on the internet saying, "Hey, we think these things are going to go up in value. We think if you want to buy them, here's how you buy them." I don't feel like that's in a, a contract.
3: Even someone saying these are going to go up in value because they have like the intelligence to see that they probably will. And maybe even being wrong shouldn't be a, come a, make that a contract with someone else, you know?
1: yeah, uh, But that's what the, the judge internet. decided it was. He I don't agree it was that a it's contract. a
2: security because I don't know what securities and all of that crap is. And it, it, it gets to the point where, you know, all you can do is really roll your eyes at all the terms used. But yeah. I could I could see how an initial coin offering of whatever description could qualify as a contract. I could see that.
1: Well, if you can see that, then that's why the judge uh, ruled against library in this particular case. Well, I don't Just know if that's BOR, enough. Yeah. To, I, I don't say. know if that's
2: enough to justify the ruling against library, and I, I would certainly argue that it's not. And as you point out, even even if it is a contract, I, I don't see what business that is of the SEC.
3: I was going to say I, it's not like any of the three of us believe the SEC has any kind of right to exist or no. close down businesses. So,
2: but if I tell people, hey, you know, give me fifty dollars and I will give you a sheet of paper that will ultimately be worth $100, I am sort of forming an agreement with you that if you give me X, then in return, I will give you Y. But that's not what they said, right? They
1: said that the thing could go up in value. Right. Could is very different from will. We think that it will go. We would like to believe that it will go up in value. Well, that's not a guarantee or anything like that. And another thing the judge pointed out today that I thought was really interesting was that this was the first that he was aware of, and the SEC didn't correct him on this, so it may be true. This was the first ever case regarding a token or cryptocurrency or an ICO, an initial coin offering, that had to do with no fraud. Meaning that there have been other cases that the SEC has brought against these fraudulent companies that were just straight up not even – they didn't have what they were offering, right? Like there's sure. been a ton of these things where somebody cooks up some sort of token and they say, we've got this great magical you know uh, program idea that we're going to launch. And They never wrote a line of code. They don't have anything behind the scenes. There's Those were nothing. so
2: popular in like 2017, 2018, I think. Yeah,
1: just straight up lies, straight up, you know, misdirection, misinformation. This is the first time the judge says the SEC has brought a case or won a case against a company who was not also committing fraud. So he was pointing out that Library didn't do anything dishonest that there's no actual fraud claims in this case and the SEC admitted. Yep, yeah, we're not we're not alleging any fraud. We're just saying you didn't follow our rules. Even though Library said we tried to follow your rules. We asked you what the rules were and you wouldn't tell us what the rules were and they they did everything they could to comply with the SEC. In fact to the point where Library is now saying publicly,
3: Yeah, I, I want to read the tweet. Okay, you've got it. So the SEC um Brought in today, like, you know, in some paperwork, printed out for him. They were like, We would like to read to you that this tweet that was tweeted by library at library com you know, their own official Twitter. Mm-hmm.
2: So, tweets are now being entered into the register. Um, I mean, the oh, yeah, it happened <laughs>
3: to nobody before. They tweeted, they showed where he tweeted, Let's get the guillotines. Mm-hmm. And uh, right. they were like, Does this mean you want to kill people, politicians? They
1: brought my posts into uh, oh. filings before. Ethereum, for instance, whenever you pay a transaction fee nowadays, that's going to be burned. Uh, But that usually just means it goes to an address that no one has access to. So that's what they're supposedly going to do. That's how this is all going to come to an end, is those uh, tokens are going to be burned. And maybe that's one of the reasons why the library token's up 35% today. It shot up
2: in just the last 24 hours. Wouldn't it be more beneficial for the United States, for library, for humanity in general, to just like do an airdrop of these tokens, maybe, to to everyone with a library credits wallet? I don't know. Or don't any know. other solution that isn't, okay, well, we want to find library $80 billion, so let's have them light $80 billion on make fire. It does sense. Yeah. That's
3: so true. In dollars, that would never happen. That's such a good point.
2: No, it's an insane way of looking at things. They
3: would never be literally light them on fire.
2: Yeah, just... Just distribute it to everyone if that's what you want to do. Just say, okay, could. these are all the wallets. Let's just distribute it evenly. They could. And yeah, sure, maybe it's only that. three a lines li- of code that'd be done. Yeah, three library credits per address or something like that. But no, that would
1: be more than that. Library credits are, are worth like less than two cents yeah, right now. Yeah, but there's now.
2: probably tens of billions of library addresses. I don't know about that. At any rate, it, any solution is better than just sending them to a sinkhole. Well, in theory, the
1: sending them up to the sinkhole may be one of the reasons why the price is going up.
2: Now this uh, is decrease yeah, decreases supply.
1: Well, right. This The thing is, this isn't always true. A lot of times the people in the crypto world will promote a certain feature uh, burning as a feature to their cryptocurrency. It's like, oh, well, on every transaction we burn 1% of the transaction or whatever. There's different cryptos out there that, that advertise this. Why would
2: this be good? I deflationary? Think it's bad
1: yeah, they call it a deflationary uh, cryptocurrency. The idea being that instead of the number going up over time of total uh, crypto the number would be going down
2: over time. Or just leave it alone and let the market sort it out. Yeah, Yeah, because it will
3: deflate anyway for people losing their keys and stuff. That's what kind of freaked me out about Bitcoin. It's like, what if everybody, one day, everybody's lost all their keys?
1: Well, everybody probably won't lose their (laughs) keys. But people do lose their keys. And that's uh, that's a fact. But my point is, for the cryptos that advertise this, of like, we're going to lower the supply, we're going to burn all of our pre-mine, we're going to, you know, whatever it is it doesn't always result in higher prices. You would think it would, right? Because, well, lower supply means higher price, but that presumes the demand is still increasing, right? Like if if this is some low-value token and you burn half of the supply of the low-value token, if no one's buying the token generally, then is it really going to matter? Like, for instance, Library only had $67,000 in trading, uh, trading volume in the last 24 hours. Wow, that's it. Yeah, it's not even in the top. It's barely in the top one thousand cryptocurrencies right now. So, like, even though there's even though there's over six hundred million library credits in supply, it's not moving a lot. There's not a lot of action on the uh, of the actual tokens. So, so I don't think that you're going to see. Even though like half apparently of these tokens are going to be burned, I don't think you're going to see the price double.
2: But I could be wrong. No, I, I, don't I certainly don't think it'll double. As I mean, you said, the price rate probably go did. up. Yeah, there,
3: there was conversation in the hallway before the hearing today where people were like, LBC's probably going to go up today. But my thought and is... And it did. What if people... Uh, well, okay, yeah, but... Uh, That's so forever, like if it keeps going. Well...
1: <laughs> it went up in the last hour.
3: I'm just saying, into the future, don't you think it'll probably go down because people will be like, they kind of took apart the business
1: it's hard to say i mean the the story of library is not over that's the thing here like this part is the only sure thing right now we know for sure the company is going to go away we don't know whether odyssey its spin-off, and the alternative platform that the leading alternative in my mind to uh to youtube right now is going to go away that's still a question mark we're basically in the process right now of the the, the gutting or the quote-unquote disgorgement, which is the actual legal term that they're using here to describe what they're about to do to the library corporation. The definition—now, this isn't from a legal dictionary. This is just dictionary.com—of to disgorge is to eject or throw out from the throat, mouth, or stomach to vomit forth.
3: Why wow, you were right, Ian, because whenever we were in court, I was like, what does that mean? And Ian said, sounds like— Throwing up.
1: Yeah. To uh, definition two is to surrender or yield something, especially something illicitly obtained. That's going to be the more legal uh, definition. Uh, To three, discharge forcefully or as a result of force. So they are literally reaching into the belly of library and they are pulling any life that they can, anything that remains in this corporation, any value that they can suck out like a vampire. They're going to just take all of but it. that's
3: not the penalty because nope, that's
2: not even the penalty phase.
3: Yeah, because uh, they they own that they you know they deserve that from library.
2: And it's obvious why the government would want to do this. For mm-hmm. those who don't know, COVID nineteen was a thing that happened. And during the era of COVID nineteen, the pandemic at its height, you weren't allowed to say something that conflicted with the CDC mm-hmm. or its recommendations online. Facebook would kick you off. Twitter would kick you off. YouTube they would kick will. you off. i don't know if they're they're still actively we got a strike
1: a few weeks ago we we were off streaming for a whole week because of it yeah
3: okay somebody else i listened to he he is on odyssey and i listened to him on odyssey but he also does youtube and just the other day he was like uh i only post any of my videos that mention you know the ouchie which is (laughs) he's talking about the vaccine on odyssey because otherwise i i'll get my third strike on youtube
2: yeah so That's the world we live in right now. And apply that to any other issue like the Ukraine war between Russia and Ukraine. If you speak out against Ukraine or whatever, if you point out that there are Nazis in Ukraine, it's just a matter of time before this apparatus that is the censorship apparatus, the ability of the government. And we know because of the Twitter fouls. Look, I hate Elon Musk as much as he. Well, I don't hate him. I dislike Elon Musk as much as anyone out there. However, he did release the Twitter files, which Mm -hmm. showed that the government came to Twitter and said, hey, look, we want you to get rid of this content over and over and over and over. And And this is also this is also happening on YouTube and Twitter and Instagram and all of these other places. Library as an institution, as an idea, is immune to that. You you can't go to library and say, we want you to take off this content, because there is no them to take it off. The no. content's there. When uh,
1: the European Union said that the RT channel, the Russia Today television channel, had to be banned across the continent of Europe, Odyssey said, you can
2: get it over here. Yep. Like they pointed out, oh yeah, we've got that. Because library can't ban RT even if they wanted to. Well, they can't ban RT's... Uh,
1: post on library but technically odyssey could odyssey Odyssey could library can't right but but as a platform odyssey did not right they did not follow what the world was quote-unquote doing to rt and in fact they pointed out well we've got that because odyssey has live streaming which is more centralized right like that's you've got to have a content delivery network there's there's some decentralized alternatives for live streaming but they're clunky and they don't don't work so great right now so like odyssey is is not library And that's one of the points that was made in the the hearing today is Odyssey should not be subject to a disgorgement or a penalty or a uh, injunction as a quote-unquote successor to to, uh, to library because Odyssey isn't library. It is reliant on many
2: centralized services. It relies on the dollar for being paid. Odyssey is a platform. Imagine how much technology, how much innovation we would lose if someone had to stop and go, wait a minute. I better consult an attorney before Mm -hmm. I invent the automobile or the automatic transmission or the cell phone or whatever. Some of these, you've got to free the human spirit to create things.
1: Yeah, it didn't help in uh, the Crypto 6 case. I did hire an attorney. And that attorney wrote a four-page paper as to why the money transmitter laws don't apply. Didn't help. Yeah, sadly. Didn't care. Jury didn't care. So, you know, what What good would it do to hire an attorney in this particular case? All the attorney's going to tell you to do is, whoa, you don't want to do that. And, and then they'll just talk you out of it, right? Maybe. Or they'll talk you into spending hundreds of thousands of dollars to hire them to take you through some sort of... Uh, application or whatever with the sec and jump through hoops that you
2: maybe didn't have to legally jump through and then the sec doesn't give you an answer anyway and they they won't tell you how to yeah they won't
1: tell you how to jump the hoops which is what which is what library was trying to get them to do the whole time was all right y'all say you have hoops so what are they tell us what the hoops are tell us how we can jump through them oh you won't do that okay well i guess we'll just try and uh, okay that didn't work now we're gonna go out of business
2: ambiguity functions on behalf of the government right. the more vague they are the more ways they can interpret their law to apply to more and more people
1: yeah it's disgusting uh, what they're doing to to library but the takeaway here is as Jeremy coffin pointed out in his uh, Twitter post on library, was that had they been less forthcoming, it actually would have helped their case. Had they not turned over all of the information that they had turned over to the SEC, with the idea of "Hey, let's be transparent. Hey, let's let's tell the
2: SEC everything that we can. We we're, we're we're being honest here." Yeah, we're but you never want to talk to the cops just yeah. because it's the SEC doesn't change anything. Don't talk to yeah. the cops.
1: They thought it was going to help them. They thought that they they thought they could get through this alive. Yeah, and they're. They're dead. Like this is literally dead man walking. This this company is it isn't even breathing at this point. It has no life left and the SEC says that's not enough. The fact that you're lying there on the ground, coughing up blood, you're about to take your last breath. No, now we're going to plunge a knife into your chest and twist it around a little bit just just so we can disgorge as much of your life onto the pavement and as deter, we possibly can.
3: deter other entrepreneurs from right. making money that we don't get a cut of.
1: That's what this is all about. And, just and like it was with just, Ross Ulbricht.
3: Not even just one cut of one company's... It's not just about one cut of libraries' money. It's about deterring people from prospering in the future so that they have to be reliant on the government.
1: Yeah. The best thing you can do at this point if you're an entrepreneur in the crypto space is to leave the United States. Sadly. I don't know where the best place to go is. That's The other question is, where can you go where there are not insane psychopaths like the United States government people? Because the government people exist everywhere. But the question is, are there government people who are at least welcoming enough to say, yeah, we like crypto. We understand that if we allow crypto development here, it's actually going to bring in brilliant minds. It's going to bring in brilliant entrepreneurs. It's going to bring in millions of dollars in revenue.
3: David Lee actually had a pretty interesting story, and I'm not going to remember any of the details because I heard it from him like over a year ago, but there was some island nation owned by, I think, France or Spain uh, down by South America, and when they wanted to secede, France or Spain was like, no, they tried to send ships down there, but the ships like ran out of gas, and it just didn't cost enough money, and this was like in the 20-teens. It wasn't like, Hmm. you know, the 1800s. So they had just turned around. Turn around, and yeah, it just wasn't worth the money. So they seceded.
1: Yeah, uh, and some of these island nations are actually relatively new, as far as. But then you know, it's like the governments leaving.
3: around South America could easily just be like, "We want that island." They, could. they and, could. And the other thing is, what kind of quality of life do you have on some island that is impossible to reach well, from you, giant countries?
2: You you could have a huge quality of life if you get enough billionaires or whatever. But like, look if. It's a big if, if, though. If 100 of the world's there's billionaires no were like, hey, let's go to this island and let's just not establish a government. We're just billionaires and we're going to take all our money there and all our golds there. They're not going to have the resources that the United States goes, wow, uh, there's 100 billionaires over there on this mm-hmm. island. We can just go take their stuff and they can't mm-hmm. do anything about it. I believe the United States government would. And mm-hmm. if they wouldn't, then the, then the Russian government would or the Chinese government would. And then it's just a, it's not an arms race at that point. It's just a race to see which one can loot the island first. This is why I think it'll have to be when we're colonizing other planets, because it gives them that space, that, that enormous distance they have know. to travel. I, it, I don't know. I, don't, I mean, I, we laugh about it, but, but it's the future. It's going to happen. Humans are either going to annihilate themselves or we are going to explore the stars. I think or number
3: you... three would just be like that human beings evolved and changed their way of thinking, because that's where this all starts. It all starts in a way of thinking that you have rights or could possibly gain rights that other people don't have.
2: I don't yeah I don't have enough faith in humanity though I do in human as, as a concept and like humanity is this overarching concept but like 99% of people, they, they don't want freedom, and they're not going to evolve to want freedom. They're going to continue wanting the state and control over I, others. I don't think
1: I buy what you're saying, Arya. that uh, putting more billionaires or whatever on an island is going to make it so the, the government of the United States or Russia invades that place, because there's already a lot of wealth on these islands. There's already a lot of people who are you know, millionaires, maybe billionaires. I don't know, right? Like the banks aren't going to tell you, but you know, these uh, international banks are located on these uh, these islands. There are places where people. There's certain places in the world that are sort of attractive for uh, what you might call a tax shelter, where people can locate their their money and
2: get a you know passport down there and places like that. There's a large, but the U.S. government community. did come down on the Cayman Islands and other places like that. I understand. You were brought up by teachers and colleges, by a society that told you capitalism was evil and doing all these evil things, exploiting people, uh, being racist, being homophobic, being this heteronormative, cis white male patriarchy thing. I understand. But that is not what capitalism is. That's not what the free market is is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. What we have here is a system where the the government, the state controls everything and it ha- it picks winners and it picks losers. And the people, you and I out there listening working our working our minimum wage jobs living paycheck to paycheck, we are always the ones chosen to be the losers for the benefit of like Lockheed Martin, Bank of America, Wells Fargo, yep. Tesla, Uh, Twitter, not Twitter, less so at the moment, but Tesla, uh, SpaceX, NASA, all of these corporations and quasi-governmental agencies, the government is looting us. Look at what happened with Pfizer. Through the COVID-19 pandemics, Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson and Moderna, Moderna you probably never heard of prior to the COVID-19 pandemic. No, I I never had. They're they're making higher profits than they've ever recorded in their history. And you go, oh, the COVID-19 shot was free, but it wasn't. Mm -mm. The government was raising people's taxes, and it was inflating the currency, and it was giving money directly to those evil pharmaceutical companies. And I shouldn't have to remind people about this. Five years ago, you knew liberals out there listening to me say this you knew that pfizer was evil yeah. you knew that johnson and johnson was evil you didn't want to be forced to pay for them to line the what happened yeah to line the pockets of their ceos while they're buying 80 billion dollar yachts we knew this how did that change COVID, they got scared covid19 came along so and all the,
1: they had to do the government just had to trot out some guy in a lab coat dr yep. fauci And he had to just make some claims, and then all of a sudden you can trust the big pharmaceutical corporations. It makes absolutely no sense. There's no critical thinking here
2: at all. That just completely went out the window. And this is just one tiny microcosm of this. This is happening in all manner of industries all over the United States. The pharmaceutical industry in COVID-19 was just the most recent, most obvious example. But it's happening everywhere. We're constantly being looted in order to line the the pockets of the ultra-wealthy.
3: And it's it's the opposite of progressive. How are we supposed to progress in society if we can't even have actual scientists focusing on finding the truth about the reality of nature instead they're doing the uh, bidding of their people who give them money.
2: I don't know. It's it's a broken system, and it's not going to get any better as long as we're allowing the government to continue picking winners and losers.
3: And, and it's for-profit, by the way. It doesn't matter if it's government-related. Government scientists creating drugs or pharmaceuticals to sell. I mean, it's aren't liberals supposed to hate for-profit things? That's, cap. you know, it's a evil, perverted version of capitalism. Well,
2: I don't think they hate so, for-profit things. I think some of them they probably do. Probably, some of them
1: hate profits. Yeah, yeah, we
2: probably do have communists out there, but I think if they really sat down and thought of what a profit is, I, I I doubt very many people out there would be like, oh, that's evil, right? Because profit is just taking, getting some sort of resource and making it better, improving it. That's all a profit is. I don't care if it's money or if it's some, some piece of aluminum that you mold into a statue or whatever. It's just... Getting A and turning it into B, where B is worth more money. That's all profit is. Well, the good news, if there
1: is any good news, is that the American people apparently right now are naming the government as the nation's top problem in Gallup's latest poll. According to their own website at news.gallup.com, with high prices persisting, inflation remains the second most cited problem at 15%. Uh, People that said the government was the number one problem is 21%. And illegal immigration was at uh, number three at eleven percent. So government
2: and inflation combined make up just over one in three, right? Thirty-six percent is the number I came up with. Yep. Okay.
3: When I was holding signs from Matt Santos, I was hanging out with Democrat old ladies all day. They were literally saying to each other, uh, "Inflation is just the cause of greedy corporations raising <laughs> prices."
2: <laughs> yeah, uh, they're they're crazy, but that is what they think, right? They they think that. You didn't correct them, I, I take it.
3: Um, no, mm-hmm. I, I mean they were talking amongst themselves. Yeah,
1: like what are you going to say anyway? And, and,
3: and it's literally those people are They're lost die causes. Believing that. Oh yeah. my god, Th- those like four ladies I was hanging out with that day. I was just being nice to them because they
2: were just complete lost causes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, plus, you, who wants to take up an argument where it's one versus four, right?
1: Well, yeah. and plus that's you know that's the good point that Bonnie's making here is you got to be able to pick your. Uh, but not just your battles here, but your uh, your targets or your um, your prospects, right? Like a woman in her seventies who is probably not going to be around for another decade at you know at the best. In many cases, is not going to be the best target for your recruitment, right? Well, like- she's
3: not going to listen to any of my uh, like long-winded explanations of economics, which we'd have to go to the basics for. But yeah. I did get her on my side about one thing, and she said she never thought about that before. Um, somebody came outside and was uh, telling me I had to move my signs, and I made him show me like the actual law. Mm-hmm. And eventually I moved my signs. I don't really think I was in the wrong, but I said to her when uh, he was away, I was like, yeah, I wasn't just going to do it just because he's a government official and he says for me to do it. I mean, government officials lie, and she literally went... Oh, I never thought of that before. Wow.
2: I can't imagine living such a cushy, comfortable life where the government has never been my enemy or, you know, (laughs) never been antagonistic toward me that I could really believe. At age 70. Yeah. Yeah. That the government, or it would just never occur to me that the government wouldn't lie. How cushy of a, cops lie all All the the time. time. How can a person reach the age of 70 without knowing? Oh yeah people in government lie. They probably lie more than the average person. Absolutely. And, and you
3: know how I got into like uh, a conversation with her and was able to like get on her or get her on my side at all is I, I said something to the effect of like she asked me not really if I was okay but she was kind of being nice to me after like it seemed like I got yelled at mm-hmm. and I was just like I'm not going to let some man tell me just oh. because and you know she was just <laughs> like yeah yeah you know what that I was just your saying but you know that I also put through in the government worker part
2: nice see i like that that's good i'm not like, oh, man tell me this are you kidding no. <laughs> uh,
1: gallup also regularly tracks americans ratings of national economic conditions as excellent good only fair or poor as well as their views on whether the economy is getting better or worse currently more than four in five u.s adults rate economic conditions in the country as only fair 38 percent or poor 45 percent with few describing conditions as excellent, only 2%, or good, 15%. So you've got only 17% of Americans describe the economic conditions in the country as fa- as good or excellent. I can Everybody see that. Everybody else is lower.
2: Given that, what, like 60-something percent of people are living paycheck to paycheck, those people, the people living paycheck to paycheck, they're not going to characterize the economy as good or yeah. even fair. So, the engine of the U.S. economy, consumer spending, is starting to sputter, according to the Wall Street Journal. Retail purchases have fallen. Just starting?
1: Wow. Yeah, that's what okay. they say.
2: Retail purchases have fallen in three of the past four months, one of which is worth remembering it's was Christmas. December. Yeah. So, retail purchases falling in December, that's kind that's of a bad a, sign. Yeah. Spending on services, including rent, haircuts, and the bulk of bills, was flat in December after adjusting for inflation. The worst monthly reading in nearly a year. Sales of existing homes in the U.S. fell last year to the lowest level since 2014. Really? The auto industry posted its worst sales year in more than a decade. It's a stark turnaround huh. from the second half of 2020 when Americans lifted the economy out of a pandemic downturn. What? How? What? When do they think the pandemic happened? 2020. I thought. I thought it continued on until, like, at least early, mid-2021. Yeah, that yeah. was all the yeah.
3: propaganda was supposed the to be propaganda. like, it's still
2: going on. But they're like, in the second half of 2020, America turned the economy around, according to the Wall Street Journal. I no just, way. I don't know what 2020 they experienced, uh-uh. but the one I saw was full yeah. of lockdowns. It was lockdowns that whole year. Helping the U.S. avoid what many economists worried would be a prolonged slump. Imagine having... Lacking the self awareness to, they're writing an article about how crappy the economy is, while simultaneously saying that the U.S. managed to avoid a prolonged economic slump. Ooh, like okay. how crazy are they? They're, the the existence of this article contradicts that right. very statement. Wow! Consumers snapped up exercise bikes, televisions, and laptop computers for school children during lockdowns when restrictions well, were lifted. Probably
3: just because they all got six hundred bucks and they were like, "Whoa, I'm
2: right. rich." Yeah, very likely. A lot of people did buy televisions with their stimulus checks instead of cryptocurrency, as I suggested. Well, you suggested it. Yep. And I mean, you know, it's not financial advice, but if you go back and look, that if you bought $1,200 worth of Bitcoin in May of 2020, I think mm-hmm. it was, then you're sitting nicely in the black at this point.
1: Yeah, wasn't there a website that was tracking it, too? I don't remember I think what there
2: was, that was called. There
1: was a Twitter handle. Oh, uh, uh, okay.
2: Bitcoin stimulus, I think, was the handle. Okay. I don't remember now. When restrictions were lifted, people rushed back to their favorite restaurants and travel destinations. Again, I don't know where Wall Street Journal is getting this, but that is absolutely not what I saw. As someone who did, in fact, do a lot of traveling in 2020, especially the last half, where I went to my first ever music festival. Well, my first ever big music festival that lasted more than a day. I didn't see any of this stuff.
3: I went to like 11 states in 2020, and I didn't see any of this stuff.
2: Annual inflation, as measured by the Consumer Price Index, remained above 5% in December for the 19th straight month, Mm. the longest such streak since the early 1980s. And uh, all of these numbers, this is why Americans don't care about inflation. Because you start throwing these boring, tedious numbers out there that they just don't care about. But when you say $5 for a carton of eggs, suddenly they care. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's probably on purpose. I'm sure it is. Consumer spending accounts for roughly 70% of the economy. I... Don't know how it doesn't account for 100% of the economy, but whatever. A downshifting <laughs> consumer is a key reason that business and academic economists polled by the Wall Street Journal, on uh, average...
3: Are put- they, sorry, are they including like government spending and like companies spending?
2: It, it doesn't say. I mean,
3: because like, that would be irrelevant to the price of living as a consumer, so it doesn't make any sense.
2: Are you talking about the 70% number? Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say. It just says that 70% of the economy is consumer spending. So the average person is putting the probability of a recession in the next 12 months at 61%. What the hell w- do they know? Yeah, I would suggest the <laughs> the number is 100% because we are, in fact, in a recession. And we have been by for months. By the old definition months. of it, yes. Well, by any, any definition that isn't completely insane, no. I would argue that we are demonstrably in a recession if the average
1: person is just now figuring if we're to if we're to believe the wall street journal and i have no reason to believe them about this but if the average person is just now taking note of inflation then they're going to be way behind the ball as far as no, knowing whether or not a recession is coming good point
2: point. one factor making forecasting more difficult while unemployment is trending at a half century low Big companies, including Amazon, Goldman Sachs, and Microsoft. How in the hell can that I don't be know, possible? Man. They say I, I know that was my first thought too, because all I see everywhere are help, help wanted, wanted signs.
1: The so. the uh, right across from the courthouse in Concord. There's this little Italian restaurant that, you know, everybody in the courthouse goes to because you only get 45 minutes or an hour for lunch and you don't have time to go get in a car and drive downtown and then park and then get out and then go and get a table or whatever. You have no time to eat anywhere else. So this is the place where everybody goes. If it's they're actually in the courthouse. pretty good. Yeah, it's not bad. Uh, Yeah, but 45 minutes is barely enough
2: time to sit down to order and eat.
1: It's not. I actually had to send, when I was on trial, I had to send Bonnie out a half hour early so she could go in, get a table, get an order in. That way, when I finally got there, I only had to wait like 10 minutes before the food came out.
3: Actually, I had to go outside, then go to the car up the street, unlock it and get our money out, then go all the way back. It was just so ridiculous. Huge, ba-
1: huge hassle. Yeah. But I bring them up because on the sign on the marquee out in front of the restaurant, it says "cooks needed." That is different than "help wanted." It used to say "help needed" on the fr- on the sign. During my trial, it said "help needed." They then changed it to "cooks needed," so they. They are so desperate for help. They're using the term "need" instead of "want," right? Like there's there's a level of I've of never desperation. seen that in a place. Yeah, yeah, me neither. Me neither. But it does suggest like that's how bad. Like if you can if you can cook an egg, like they're gonna train you on how to cook the rest of that stuff because they need someone.
2: Recent layoff trends worry Benjamin DeLong, a 32 year old customer account manager at an industrial manufacturer. His savings rose to $3,700 during the pandemic, thanks in part to government stimulus, but he's now down to about three cents. Oh, my God. So he's liquidated $3,700 of his savings, his entire savings. Maybe that's what a lot of these people have done, is they just relied on their savings. And maybe that's what they're doing right now. I I tend to think that's not the case. Three thousand dollars is not going to pay the rent for six months. No, and most people don't have savings, so I, right. I I don't know if that's a factor or not. But by the way, the Bitcoin like
1: stimulus not. we didn't we did this off the air. We didn't go, we didn't uh, say what it was on the air. You uh, had mentioned that when the twelve hundred dollars so called stimulus check came out in twenty twenty in April, uh, we had suggested yeah. that people buy cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, for instance, with that. And if you did. If you at the time spent all 1200 on Bitcoin and you held on to it, you didn't sell the Bitcoin between then and now, it would be worth over $4000 today.
2: More than 3 times. <laughs> yeah. In increase in value. And it than- would have
3: already passed the highest Bitcoin's ever been, so if you would have like, you know,
2: You could have sold at the top at if then.
3: you knew
1: when, yeah. which you never do. Right. But, but I'm
3: just saying but it, w- the point it got being, even higher at some point.
1: This guy only had 3 grand in savings. Had he put the 1200 that he got into the Bitcoin, he'd have he would have more
2: than that still yeah really good point mr DeLong said he had to dip into his savings to cover the rising costs of his groceries utilities and car insurance
1: there you go he has found not not to mention rent a lot of people's rent's gone up 30 40 percent in one year to the next
2: well you can you can cut out some of your groceries i'm sure by buying you know generic brands or whatever maybe you can't you can cut out your car insurance certainly just don't don't do it it's it? Maybe your state requires you to have it because, you know, they're they're facilitating the exchange of wealth into the hands of insurance companies. But if you don't absolutely have to buy a car insurance, you'll probably be just fine without it. If you're going generic buying groceries, I mean, that's always a good plan
1: if you need to save a little bit of money. But now you're just going to be spending as much as you used to on generics. You're going to spend as much as you used to on brand names on generics because the price of the generics is yeah. going up, too. Even if wages have gone up four to six percent, they always trail the inflation. Yeah. So inflation keeps on running, and then maybe you'll get a uh, a wage increase six months or a year down the road, and then it's you're, you know you're still behind the ball.
2: There were about ten and a half million unfilled jobs available in November. That's a metric I like. Don't okay. don't tell me yeah. the unemployment numbers anymore. Right. Tell me the unfilled jobs number. Wait, That's amazing. What
1: was it? Ten and a half million. Yeah. Oh.
2: Households had a ton of comfort they don't normally have about their job prospects, said Marion Wanamaker. They knew they could get a job tomorrow if if they wanted to, and that remains mostly true. Still, there are signs of labor market weakness. Employers are shedding temporary workers at a fast rate, and people who lose their jobs are taking longer to find new ones. Meanwhile, the number of hours worked a week has declined for two straight months, according Hmm. to the Labor Department resulting in a slowdown in workers' take-home pay, so people are also making less money. How can people
3: simultaneously say that, oh, I know I can get a job, a new job tomorrow, and also be like, I had to take the vaccine because it would have lost my job?
2: Well, maybe they couldn't get a new job tomorrow then, or maybe they didn't think they could. I mean, this has been a you know three-year process of watching it happen, and the unemployment signs, they didn't just... It wasn't the case just overnight that suddenly you could go into anywhere and get a new job, right? I
3: don't know. I, I remember during 2020 on Free Talk Live, there was all this talk about like where are the, where are the jobs going? Oh, they're probably just uh, going off and taking the $600 a week uh, unemployment. That's where all the people are going for jobs. A lot jobs. of people were, yeah. It, there was already like a lot of unemployment. A lot of people who wanted to hire people that had no one that wanted to work for them back in 2020 and the vaccines started rolling out in 2021. It's just that I was talking about this conversation uh, with somebody at the house the other day. I was just like, it, I never understood being like, oh, I cannot lose my job. like, I, But maybe it's because I purposely never wanted to work anything that wasn't like entry level so I could quit it if it was inconveniencing mm-hmm. me.
2: Yeah, seniority and pay wage increases i mean sure i could i could quit my job tonight and i can certainly find another job tomorrow doing whatever but i won't have the seniority i mm-hmm. won't have the benefits i won't make as much money and i won't have the guaranteed hours yeah sure. I, I can work as many hours as i want at my current job they're never going to tell me hey you rate 20 hours you need to go home right i can work 110 hours a week if i want to i can't do that if i just quit my job and Let's yep. go to McDonald's. So sure, technically, I could find another job tomorrow. I'm, I have no doubt that I could, but it's not going to be as good. Yeah, you you wouldn't have the relationships, right? And there there's always going to be some sort of trade off, right? And maybe if they were like, okay, well, you got to get the vaccine if you want to keep your job. Maybe at that point, it becomes worth it to go find a different job if they don't also have that yeah. requirement. But because of all of those relationships that I've established and the fact that I've been there for so long, anyway. That little quote requirement never came into existence and mm-hmm. if it did, it was just gonna get swept right under that rug anyway, where everyone just assumed I was vaccinated and I never actually had to be. Nice. Which is how it ended up playing out anyway. No one's ever asked me if I'm vaccinated. Everyone just either assumes that I am or they know they're or they know that I'm not, so they purposely they don't, don't ask. ask me the question. Yeah.
1: What which you don't know can't hurt you.
2: Right. In mid-November of last year, Mr. Anderson, and it, uh, he's the owner of First Class Tattoo, blah, blah, blah. He started getting calls from clients who had booked day-long tattoo sessions saying they could only afford shorter ones or were pulling out altogether.
1: Ricky is on the line in Pennsylvania, a.k.a. Ricky from the Commonwealth. That
0: is me, brother, Ian. Thank you very much.
1: Dude, how to long you. has it been? Like five years since you've called this show? I believe so. What has been happening to you? I, I mean, there's all kinds of theories about what happened to you. Like, oh, do
0: tell! I'd love to hear a little. Bit.
1: I, I I don't know. There was just I, it's been so long since I've heard the theories. I mean, it's been five years since you've called in.
2: Yeah, we had but, a Discord server then, so I mean, we'd have to look on there for those. But that got, got deleted. So we can't.
1: Yeah. So what's been going on, man? What what, what happened to you?
0: Long story, brother Ian. It's too long. Probably.
1: D- weren't you like wearing a Confederate flag or something like that? What was the last thing you called about? It was something you were doing something on like the city bus or, I don't even remember what it was.
0: Yeah, actually, that was I. Uh, there was a, there was a problem uh, with wearing uh, my uh, Confederate flag. On okay,
1: the- I remembered it. Okay, very good.
0: That was the end. Yeah. Yeah, I think some but, people you know, thought
1: something happened to you over line. that. You know, like like uh-huh. there was a there was somebody thought you might have gotten in a fight on the bus system or something over your, your flag.
0: Well, well, not to that extent. Okay, but, that's uh, good. Yeah, I can't get away with that no more. It's very disappointing. I cringe every time I people hear people say that it's a traitorous flag, and I'm like, how can it be a traitorous flag when the battle flag in North uh, Virginia? Is, is well, I'm going to be traitorous when you're doing something you're allowed to
2: do. Right. Well, it was treasonous you know what, to the what, United I, States I, government. I mean, that was that was the whole point. Excuse me. The whole point of the rebellion, the Confederacy, was to be traitorous to the United States government. That that was like literally the that point.
3: Not, uh, yeah, I don't know. Correct. I don't know if that's true because that trading, being a traitor
2: it's isn't just saying, "Hey,
3: said, hey I'm it's
0: out." Not a death oh. It's not a death pack, Mister Aria.
2: Well, that makes them a traitor, though. If you're like, okay, look, I'm no, you're no, not stabbing traitor, him in the back. Yeah,
0: traitors when you like provide process.
3: comfort to the enemy oh, wait, or.
0: Whoa, 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 whoa! They went through the process as it's des- described in the Constitution. They got their signatures. They sent their damn letter. Letter. So the legislature of South Carolina voted, they blew it away, and that was it.
2: Look, I'm not saying they were in the wrong. There
1: is no process in the Constitution, by the the way. Ricky, Ricky, there is no process in the Constitution for leaving the United States, which is why you can leave the United States without having to ask permission. You don't have to get any signatures and present them to the federal government. You can just declare independence.
3: The traitor was Lincoln, traitor against humanity. That's a
1: good point. Go ahead.
0: Brother Ian, it is described where it even goes into – the. A lot, there's a line where it says the process is you have to secede as a whole. No. You can't do it in part like New York no. City wants to do for New York What's the State? section? Oh, I don't know. All it's because it's, it it's not in it there. It's not in there. It is there. Believe no, me, dude.
1: I'm not going to believe you because we, we researched this recently when New Hampshire – I know maybe you haven't been listening for the last five years, but last maybe year – New Hampshire uh, had the proposal that would could have gone on to the ballot had the state reps voted for it. But the, sadly, most of them didn't. Uh, but uh, but we would have declared peaceful independence from the United States. And the reason why we can do that without having to ask permission is because there's nothing in the Constitution that exple- explains how to leave. It's just it's left up to the states by via the Tenth Amendment.
0: Well, it's interesting you say that because there was a, an incident. At the time of Jefferson, when he was president, uh, when when uh, Virginia wanted to leave, and there was a back and forth between the letters. And originally Jefferson was saying, nah, you don't want to do that, you don't want to do that, nah, nah, nah. But on the last letter, he says, in his words, do what you must. Now, Virginia didn't do that ultimately at that time. It wouldn't be for like another 60 years, you know. But it shows that this is not new. And I think people should be able to leave like Texas. Texas wants to leave, them leave.